called in, and Chrissy said, Pastor, I think she really has a need. So I said, okay, Chrissy, uh, we will take the call. And the lady uh, had a specific need, Domino's Pizza. Supreme, please, with a two liter of Pepsi. Yes, oh, yes, it happens every day. Uh, I'm a veteran, but I, I know sometimes it can, it can come across as very genuine. But Mary was her name, and she was, um, wow, drug out, strung out. So I took Tyler with me. We went to the Domino's Pizza right here on the corner because that's what she requested, required, was entitled to. Anyway, God bless her heart. How many know you never know what God can do? Went over to the pizza place. I said, what's it going to cost me? She actually said there's two of them, $6 a piece. She wanted two of them because she has a friend. So anyway, went to the Domino's Pizza, and uh, me and Tyler said, hey, met Daryl. Daryl's from Louisiana. We got to talk, and I mean, anybody from Louisiana is going to talk a little while. So we talked a little while, Brent. It's good to have my friend Brent. Welcome Brent here. Brent Johnson is my buddy. He stops in every now and then. Ask him to help me with communion today. He will help us. But basically, we stopped in, and Daryl said, you know what, Pastor? I said, yeah, this lady named Mary. Oh, Mary. He knew her. Obviously, we're not the only one getting a call from Mary. And Mary calls him once a week, and he gives her pizza. But I was going to pay for it. You know, he said, I know. It's on me, Pastor. I mean, no, that's a blessing. Not that I didn't want to pay for Mary. I just kind of assumed Mary was going to be Mary when I got there. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. Anyway, I got there, and me and Tyler, here she's in the parking lot, and she's shaking. She's shaking. Obviously, she's on drugs. And her friend, uh, I need, it needed to be soft-serve pizza because she had no teeth. Bless her heart. And, uh, and so me and Tyler go in his truck, and uh, before I can get out the door, she said, Are you Pastor Ron? I said, Are you Mary? Yes. Did you get my two pizzas and my, that's Coca-Cola. I ordered Pepsi. I said, I'm sorry, Mary, they didn't have Pepsi. You're getting Coke. Security. <laughs> I didn't call security. I just said, you're, you're getting Coke. Anyway, she said, um, um, I need some milk. I don't need milk. I need vitamins. I said, well, honey, you ordered Coke, and that's what you're getting today. So the Lord bless you. How many know sometimes the blessing is not in what's actually happened. There's another blessing happening. I mean, no, there's always more to the story than what you see and per perceive is happening. So don't discredit anything. I appreciate the moment Tyler and I had. So we're standing in the parking lot. It's, uh, I guess it's day after th uh, Valentine's Day. Or was it Valentine's Day? It's Valentine's Day. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Valentine's Day. And out of the sky, no kidding, comes a red balloon, says, I love you on it. And it gets hung up in front of Mary, on Tyler's truck window, on his rear view. And I looked at Mary, I said, Mary, look what I brought you. God loves you, Mary. <laughs> That's just a, how I many know only God can do that? I was going to take Tyler to lunch with me, so we went to El Maguey, and evidently it was right there at the, um, at the um, hotel next to her. It's, it's not the best hotel in town. But I had to have Tyler with me. How many know it's smart? Smart. Uh, your pastor can keep on pastoring and not lose his credentials. But anyway, I noticed that uh, on the table at El Maguey were these balloons, red balloons that say, I love you, for Valentine. One must have got uh, met, lifted in the air over Chestnut and landed on Tyler's truck for me to give Mary a balloon. How many know God knows how to say, I love you? Would somebody help me give God praise? And maybe, maybe he wasn't just saying it to Mary, who needs the love of God. I mean, no, she needs the love of God. And Cheryl, her friend, who was kinder than Mary and sweeter, uh, but older and, uh, and precious. And we loved on him, prayed for him, let him go. But uh, maybe, maybe it was for Tyler. Maybe the balloon was for Tyler because he was flipping out. I mean, he couldn't believe, where did this balloon come from? I said, the Lord sent the balloon, Tyler. The Lord sent the balloon, brother. Can you not believe? You don't think there's any helium in heaven? You don't think God has balloons, brother? It was a, it was a wild time. Me and Tyler celebrated. It was a fun story. I tell you that to tell you we're starting our series on love. Love doesn't always look like it's supposed to. 
And the world has painted a different picture of love than what I believe the Word of God has painted. And so for the first lesson today, I wanted to start off with give God your heart. Proverbs 23, 22 through 26. And Chrissy picked some beautiful songs on the heart today. I give you my heart today, Lord. If you have not, if you have not, if you're here today and have never given your heart to God, how many know today's a good day? Valentine weekend. You say, Pastor, uh, I have given my heart away and my heart has been broken. I understand that. I mean, no, it's risky. Love is risky business. Every time you love, you're taking a risk that somebody might take advantage of your love, as maybe, uh, maybe a mother who didn't really care for me, want to know me. She just got on the phone, called anybody who would bring her pizza. And we did. Aren't you glad Oak Grove has enough capacity and compassion in their heart to give Mary a piece of pizza? You keep paying your tithe. People need pizza. So here's the deal. Proverbs 23, 22. I want to go in and look at it. It says, listen to your father. This is big. This is big. Listen to your father who begot you. That's a King James kind of word for birthed you. Created you and through the process of reproduction. You belong to your father. And, And do not despise your mother when she is old. That's not a good word. More mature. More mature is a better word for mom than old. But, she, uh, but she, she got old because she's taking care of you. Buy the truth and don't sell it. Get a hold of the truth. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. In this world, how many know if you're going to understand the love of God, you're going to have to understand the truth of the word of God. The reason the culture doesn't understand love but understands lust is because they don't understand true love, which comes from the word of God or from God himself. Amen? And so say, get it, don't sell it, Uh, get wisdom, get understanding, get uh, instruction. For the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Whoever has an unwise child, that can bring that can bring heartache and pain to the parents. How I many know oh, wisdom is a beautiful thing? In fact, we're talking about it. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her uh, who bore you rejoice. My son, and I underlined it, here it is. I don't know how many times God requested anything. I've read this Bible a couple of three times. I don't know if I've ever found God requesting anything. How I many know oh, our God doesn't need anything? He is eternal God, all self-sufficient and self-supreme. How many know he is God and he doesn't need anything? I don't see him asking for a lot. But here I see it. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Huge. And here's what it is. uh, Because wisdom, Solomon is speaking as the father to the son. And when it says sons, understand it's mankind, son and daughter. And all the ladies said, all right, so it's, it's male and female. He's speaking in a generic way, my child, my child. Are you hearing me? So look at 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. So when you get wisdom, you're getting Jesus who is the wisdom of God. In God's wisdom, right? He sent Jesus. And righteousness, you get righteousness and wisdom, and sanctification, and, and redemption. What else do you need? When you get Jesus, how I many know you get everything you need from the Lord? You get the heart of God, actually. So he's asking us to give him our heart. But you got to know, before I ever started loving God, God already was loving me. Before I ever gave my heart to God, God gave his heart to me. In the form of his only begotten son. Who became wisdom for us. That's the thought today. That's the heart today. Three things I want you to notice. My son, first of all, this is a a love relationship. A parental love. A father's love. A mother's love. Nobody understands and cares for their kids like a godly mom and dad. Right? If they have God. If they don't have God, then they may be misconstrued on how to love a child. Man, there's a lot of children today being abused, misused, neglected, intentionally, unintentionally, whatever the case. 
How many know that if they don't have God's love, they don't have any love? And you can't be a father if you don't have a father. You understand that? You can't really, you can't have love if you didn't get love from the father. You can't give love to your child. And so, so today, there's a whole lot of confusion in the home and in the family, in the marriage, because love has been tainted, messed up. The heart is wicked and evil. I said, without God, there is no way. Is anybody listening today? So the first part is very simple. This is a love relationship. You, you are my son. I created you. I bore you. That's what he's saying. Number two, give me. This is the request. It's a request of love. God's asking something from us. Give it to me. Are you with me so far? So we're, com- com- uh, we're considered his kids. We, are, we need to become his children. If not, we're not going to understand what this is talking about. Or the request. Galatians 3.26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. When you give your heart to Jesus, how many know you become people of God? Children of God. John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them gave he the right. Some versions say to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Sons and daughters. Generic. Right? The people of God. You're the children of God to those who believe in his name. So if you believe in the Lord, how many know it's going to be to your advantage? You are his kids. Is anybody here happy to be a child of God? Of course you are. Of course you are. You're just so engrossed in this lesson you can't even think right now. So first it says, my son, be be in relationship with me to the Father. Listen to my words. Look, I created you, I bought you, I chose you, I love you. And secondly, here's what I want from you. Give me something. I want, to, I want you to see who's making the petition. Yahweh, Elohim, creator God, who needs nothing, is asking for something. This is overwhelming to me. The potter is asking the clay for something. The father is asking the child for something. Give me your heart. Your heart. We're going to get into it. How many can't wait to get into this? Your heart. It must mean something. Your heart. Oh, you got a lot to go. I just can't get over it. God of the universe, who has no need of anything, self-existent, self-sufficient, has a request. To my understanding, I don't see a whole lot of this even insinuated in the word of God. God asking for anything from anyone. But here, the idea at least, at least the idea that God the Father asks for something. And all he asks for one thing, my heart. God's seeking us out. He's asking for our hearts. What is our heart? It's our whole being. Uh, Brent is here. He's my friend. Jerusalem, my, my Israel friend. I get all my Israel information from Brent. And he tells me shalom. Shalom is not just, hey, be at peace or hello. Shalom, shalom is hello. How is your whole being? How is your body, soul, mind, and strength, your spirit? How is all of you? So when God's saying, I want your heart, he's saying, I want all of you. I don't want a compartment. I don't want to add God to my life. God is going to get all of my life when he gets all of my heart. So if you've gotten married, I know it's honeymoon time. It's just love time. It's, just, it's Valentine weekend, and you got a sweet date. And all of you, I think you know you think you love them. But i got to tell you, I did not really know what love was. I knew that I was giving my heart to somebody. I gave it to her 40 years ago. She was my date forever. True love always. Getting warm up here. True love always. We batted eyes. We talked on the phone. We had children. Now we have grandchildren. We've been in ministry together. It's been a wonderful ride. I gave her my heart. But she and I got saved about the same time. And here's the commitment we made to each other. Hey, if you ever put your heart for God, or for me, above your heart for God, this won't work. Hello, I'm going to say it again. I had to give God my whole heart if Melissa was going to get any of me. And for me to get any of Melissa, I had to give, she had to give her whole heart to God. Are you understanding? She actually said it this way, I'd rather be found dead on the road than to put you before God, Ronnie. Yeah, that's pretty strong. Boy, am I glad for that kind of one flesh God commitment that she had with God. She wouldn't have been able to live with me for 40 years had she not had a love God relationship. I'm just telling you the truth. 
I'm just telling you the truth. So, Pastor, how can I give all my heart to God, and then how can I give all my heart to Melissa? And then what about my kids, and then what about my grandkids? Let me tell you, at Sundays, I think Eliana, Catherine Rose McBain, has my whole heart. I don't know if there's any more room for anybody else. I don't think so, but there is. It just depends on your capacity. How much capacity is in your heart? That's the question here. And so, so it's, it boggles my mind and, and the idea that, that my whole being, my devotion, my love, it proves how great a love he has for his creation. He did ask his son to go and die on a cross so that I can have eternal life. You want to know how much Jesus loved me? He gave me his only begotten son. How I many know oh, that's love? Here's love, the Bible says, that a man laid down his life for us. No greater, actually, it says no greater love than this. No greater love. That's the highest level of love. Self-sacrificing, agape, God kind of love. And so how great a love God has for us. And we, he made us. He, we turned on him. He brought us back. And, and through giving us Jesus, oh, there was an old hymn, such love. Such wondrous love. Remember that? Such love, such wondrous love that God could love a sinner such as I. How wonderful is love like this. Remember that one? The young people under 40 have no idea. It's a good song. You ought to try it. It's love. It's love. Oh, oh, what love. We sang a lot about it today. I could have been raptured in the singing today. Taylor, Chrissy, that was awesome. So it reminds me of the little story I heard years ago. I first became a Christian and gave my life to God. It's a little story about a boy who labored hard to build a little boat, a sailboat. It took weeks and months, and when he finished it, he wanted to test out the little boat on the open waters close to his house. So he, he loved this boat, so happy with excitement. He set the sails, and he released the boat into the water. And to his surprise, the winds caught the sails, and it took off into the cool of the day. I said that on purpose. But the little boy watched as the boat kept on going and sailing away. And the boy walked and waded out into the water, but he couldn't reach the boat. It just went too far. Seemingly, the boat was gone. Couldn't reach it. Gone forever. He went home crying, told his mom, the boat that I made is gone Sometime later, a week or two, as he was walking downtown, his mom, he passed the store window and saw in the window of the store his little sailboat. Mom, Mom, there's my boat. Well, honey, that may not be your boat. No, Mom, I think that's my boat. They went into the store and told the clerk, and the little boy said, this is my boat. Look here. I scratched my initials on the bottom. That's my name. That's my boat, and I, and I want my boat. I made this boat. I own this boat. The store owner says, sorry, son, I understand your feeling, but, but I had to pay money for this boat. If you want this boat, you have to buy it back. The boy went home, saved up his money to purchase the little boat back. And when he went back, he bought back the boat that he made that he loves so much. On the way out, he grabbed that little boat, held it tightly to his chest, and he said to the little boat, you are my boat. You are twice my boat. I made you, and I bought you back. Can I tell you, many years ago, God created you, his creation, his sons and daughters, but we sailed away because of sin, and death came, separation came, but Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and he bought back what already belonged to him. Nobody paid the price for sin except Jesus. Nobody paid the penalty for sin except Jesus. We are twice his. I wish somebody would help me celebrate the love of God. Twice his. He made me and he bought me. I've been bought with a price. I am not my own. I don't just do what I want, say what I want, go where I want, just do anything I want. I know this culture thinks that you can be a Christian and still do whatever you want. And the reason is because they have not learned to give God their whole heart. It's a request. Give me your whole heart. You twice belong to God. It's amazing. God wants your heart. He wants us to love him and pursue him. He wants all of us, and he wants us all. 
Peter says, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repentance. I believe God's able to save from the uttermost to the guttermost. I said, I believe God's able to save the vilest sinner, the most confused person on the planet. Jesus died for them. He loves them. So what does that mean for us? Well, he wants our heart. He wants our heart. And not only that, he wants their heart. For Jesus loves sinners. But there's a condition to the relationship. Are you ready for this? My son, give me your heart. This is the requirement of love. There's a requirement. I wish it was easy grace. I wish it was easy believism. I wish it was just anybody and everybody's going to heaven. If everybody's going to heaven, nobody's going to heaven. Hear, to, hear me, please. Our culture has believed a lie. A major, serious, deceitful lie. That if you are just say, you know, you're a Christian but haven't changed your life, no transformation, still carrying on. That, that there's no commitment to God. You know, you just added him into like a like a, 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 a person who is hitchhiking. You just put him in the car and you're still driving. I mean, no, he don't want to ride in your car. He wants to drive your car. And I'm a little old-fashioned, a little freaky when it comes to other people driving my car. I'm not as bad as Taylor. Taylor's the worst. He and I fight over who's going to drive. He's got to be, it's not a control freak. He's just very secure. He has to be the driver. I get that because I want to control my life too. After all, it's my life, right? Not if you've been bought. Not if you've been created. Not if God spoke you into existence and bought you again. See, there's two sides to the cross, my friends. There's two sides to that cross. One side is grace. Anybody thankful for grace? I'm glad for the grace of Almighty God. Listen, for the grace of God, you and I would be in bondage today. Somebody ought to get happy about being saved. That is, he is my savior. He saved me by his grace through my faith in him. I am born again. The other side is one we don't talk about, and that is his lordship side. I mean, no, that's the settle of the issue right here. Give me your heart. I am your savior, yes, but I'm also your lord. What I say goes. My dad had a saying in my house, not born again a day in his life. What happens in my house is what I say happens in my house. If you're in my house, it's going to be my rules. Anybody have a daddy like that? With a belt as long as Texas? And he knew how to implement his rules. He was a boss. Can I tell you who the boss is? Why does God want my heart? Listen, it's just it's a requirement. He wants our heart because the one we have that we were born with Needs God. Our heart is wicked, Jeremiah said. Beyond what you can imagine. You can't imagine how bad. God wants to exchange your old heart for the new. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart. This is God's promise. I will give you a new heart. And I'll put a new spirit within you. And I will take the heart that you had, that old stony heart out. And, 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 and put a, a heart of flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll give you a heart of flesh, a soft heart, tender heart. It's a great exchange. Can somebody say amen for the great exchange? My goodness, uh, my old heart is unclean, stained, tainted, hard, cold, callous. So God offers me a new heart, a clean heart. And therefore he makes the request, my son, give me your heart. He'll take your old life and he'll make it new. What a miracle. That's what he did for me 41 years ago and he can do it for you. One requirement, one request, give me your heart. I wasn't going to fight against it. I already knew that what I had prior to Jesus wasn't much. Hey, you can try to keep on living your life your way. I can tell you a little heads up, it's not going to end well. You think your way is right. There seems right. There is a way that seems right to men, but it only brings him death. How I many know the way of the Lord is the way, the only way? He is the way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All you have to do is give God your heart today. Secondly, he wants to 
not only exchange your heart, he wants you to, he wants to empower your heart. Look at verse 27. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. Look at this. I'm going to get God's heart. And God's heart is going to lead me in his way. So a couple of years ago with Tyler and his brother and some others, Kaylee uh, and, and Jamie and some others, started a, a, a discipleship class called Pastor's Eyes. Pastor's Eyes. Because Tyler and them said after uh, camp, they got called into the ministry, and they came to general council and by the pool. They said, Pastor, we are so hungry. We want more. We want more. I mean, it was awesome to hear, hear a young person at 16, 17 say, I want more. So some pastor who didn't care would say, oh, well, that's good for you. Go find it. No, I said, no, sir. If you want more, you meet me Sunday morning at 730 in the morning. And that's the day we started Pastor's Eyes. And I called it Pastor's Eyes because if you want to get Pastor's Mind, you got to see what Pastor sees. If you don't see what I see, you won't understand what, what I understand. And if you don't understand what I understand, you won't say what I say and you won't do what I do. But before, I want you to understand something here. I realized early on that Pastor's Eyes is it's not going to work unless they first get my heart. You got to get my heart. If you don't get my heart, my words might mess you up. But if you understand me, if you get me relationally, then you'll get what I'm trying to help you do. As a son or a daughter, if you don't get your parents, you're not going to understand it. And sometimes it's hard because you've never been a parent. You're still a child. And so there's a maturation process that needs to take place. A child would be a wise child to obey and listen to mom and dad. If mom and dad are in the Lord. If mom and dad are in the, not in the Lord, then they don't have the love and the wisdom and all that from the Lord to give to you. And that's my only regret in my life is that I wasn't imparted to as a child, Brent. I didn't have that Christian home. I didn't have a Christian home. You understand? Can you imagine me if I would have been a royal ranger? The whole commanding officer, they would all quit. If Ronnie Moran would have went into their class, they would have resigned. Who is that guy? Help him, Lord. And we've had a couple of uh, uh, scrounge, uh, you, you, you might have been one of them if you grew up in this house. Yeah, it's hard, but you got to get it. You got to get their heart. He wants to empower you, give you a new heart, put your right spirit in you. Through the person, the presence, and power of the spirit, he will enable you. He will empower you. In other words, God saves us, equips us, empowers us to serve him with our whole heart. Soul, mind, and strength. All of it. Not compartmentalize. And men are the worst. We compartmentalize. And this is what happened to me at kids camp one year, many years ago. I was like, God, that was my last church. And my kids were little. They were at kids camp. And I was at kids camp. I was sitting out in the middle of Louisiana kids camp where Melissa gave her heart to Jesus. A 16-year-old Catholic girl. And I was saying to the Lord, I was pastoring, I was busy, I was married, I had two little babies. Uh, Chrissy wasn't very big, and Tori wasn't very big, but I said to the Lord, hey, I'm struggling. Anybody ever talk to the Lord for real? Can I tell you how much God loves it when you're genuine? And you just tell him what's on your heart? He already knows it, by the way. He's all-knowing God. So, But I told him, I said, I'm struggling, I'm just struggling, I don't know how. Uh, because, first of all, I'm a man. No kidding. And men compartmentalize everything. We can only do, like, I don't know why God gave women other part of the brain and men this part of the brain. I'm not sure. I'll ask I a lot of questions when I get to heaven. Sister Lindsay, it's good to see you. And Brother Lindsay, love you. See what? See my brain? See how that is? I saw you and I, squirrel. That's how it is. So I said, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand. How can I love you? I mean, I'm trying to give you my time. I'm trying to give you my whole heart. But if Melissa wants, she wants a lot of it. A lot of it. And then I got two girls, and they both want all of it. And I only got one heart, God. I don't have four hearts. And the Lord showed me right there. Hey, Ronnie, love the one you're with. See, I was trying to compartmentalize. I was trying to find time 
to devote myself to the one I needed to that I love. So I said, Lord, you're going to get the first hour of the day. And I uh, hope you like it because that's probably all you're going to get, Lord. Sorry. I've got a family and a church to pastor. So from 8.30 or whatever, I'm going to take the kids to school. They're going to get pastor. They're going to get dad. They're going to get dad love. Dad love. God love. Dad love. Melissa's going to get, well, I'm going to go to the church from 9 to 5. And hey, pastors do it every day. They give the majority of their love. Is anybody listening to me? They give the majority of their heart to their occupation, their calling, their vocation. Not that I don't love my church or this church or any church. But how many know that's a little bit whacked out to give eight hours a day to them and 30 minutes to God and 20 minutes to Melissa and 45 minutes to the girls. And it wasn't working. And I said, I don't know how to do this. And the Lord said, hey, Rock, give me your whole heart. Hey, give me your whole heart, and you will be amazed at how I divvy up your time. I'll give you a verse. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? And what all these other people. Because they all have needs. The church has needs. The wife has needs. The girls have needs. Hey, I even have needs. Hard to believe. But that's what he's saying. And then the third thing, he said, I want to not only empower your heart, I want to establish your heart. Verse 28, then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. You want to know how to divvy up your time? Let me tell you how to spell love, first of all. You're writing this down. You want to spell love? T-I-M-E. That's how you spell it. Should have been up here. T-I-M-E. Because that's how you spell love. You love what you spend your time on. If, I, if God's only getting one hour a month, you got some problems in the God category. I mean, no, he wants your whole life. He don't want a piece of the pie. God doesn't want a piece of the pie. He wants the whole enchilada. Just saying. We can't do this on our own. I said, we can't do this on our own. If we could, Jesus would have been not necessary. We need Jesus. I said, we need the wisdom of God. And that's why God gave us. Nobody loved us so much as God. And maybe in a world where we don't feel loved and valued, maybe it's a selfish issue that we don't feel loved, so we only give love to those who love us back. Well, sinners can do that. But we got to learn God's love because God's love is unilateral love. God's love is one-way love. So you as parents, you love your child no matter what. You can't, they don't come with refunds. You can't give them back. No refunds. Good, bad, or ugly, they're yours. And don't criticize them too much. They might just be acting like their parents. Okay, let's keep preaching. I'm just calm down a little bit. Calm down, Pastor. He wants to establish you. God restores us. The problem with our old heart is that it wanders. It can never find rest. If it could find rest, you know, the Old Testament would have been sufficient. But they couldn't find rest. They couldn't find Sabbath rest. God tried to, you know, instill the Sabbath, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. Okay? This the Sabbath is a type in the Old Testament, a day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Today is the day of the Lord. Amen? Or Saturday, if you're Jewish, you know, whatever your, your culture. First day of the week for the Christian. Is anybody with me? God said you do everything you got to do, but don't forget. One day a week belongs to me, buddy. Very serious about it. Honor me. Keep it holy. It's not a prerogative that you have. I think I'm going to go, oh, it's convenient today. Okay, I'm going to go today. One sniffle, right? I can't come. One sniffle. How inconvenient. Yep. Bring your sickness with you, not all of it. Keep it at home and keep it some other day. Take your medicine. Anyway, kind of like the guy <laughs> went to the doctor, and he saw his doctor out uh, dancing. And, uh, and he said, uh, hey, what are you doing out here? He said, doc, thank you so much for the advice you gave me. He said, what advice? He said, you said, you said uh, get a hot mama and go dancing. 
He said, no, I didn't. I said, you have a heart murmur. Take your medicine. Yeah. Help us, Lord. David, <laughs> David knew what it was to have a heart after God. David knew. David knew. He was a man after God's own heart. Psalm 57, 7 says, my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. So when you make up your mind, it is a decision that we have to do. You make up your mind, I give my complete life to God. My whole life. All of my being. Paul says it this way, in him I live and I move and I have my being. Everything's tied up and tangled up with God. He's got all of me and I've got all of him. We are together. And in the days we live in, how many know we need a confident heart? A heart that established is, is established in God. The God who never changes. So give God your heart. Give God your heart. Hey, in an in a ever-changing world, I know, I know anyone else you give your heart to, it's risky business. If you ever had a broken heart, you understand what I'm talking about. But God wants to enrich your life. He wants our heart so he can, so he can be your God and you can be his people. Hosea. Excuse me, Hosea said, lo a mi, lo a mi. You're not my people, you are my people. You see what I'm saying? It's serious. Give God your heart. It doesn't mean your intellect, your external service. It, it means your inner man, your whole being. It's not money, it's not, in, it's not insincere sacrifice that God desires. He said the sacrifices of bulls and goats and rams. I, 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 I don't want none of that. He said, all I want is a broken and contrite heart. That's the one I want. Give me your old heart, and I will give you a new heart so you can discover who I am. See, when you get God's heart, that's why I was saying, that's why I used the analogy of pastor's eyes. If you get pastor's heart, it'll help you. It'll help you to see what I see and to think the way I think, and then in, in, end up maybe you'll do as I do. Paul said it this way, follow me. As I follow Christ. It's just an imitation. It's an imitation. So, so uh, the invitation is this. Give me your heart. The imitation is now I will put new law in your heart. I'll put, I'll put my spirit in there. And I'll tell you how. I'll show you how. I will be in you. I just won't be with you anymore. I'll be in you. I will lead you and guide you into all truth. This is why you can't motivate people to live right by arguing over doctrine. I've argued with people. It doesn't make any difference. That's why I didn't spend a lot of time with Mary. She's cracked out. She doesn't comprehend. How I many know oh, God help us to talk to people when they're sober? Don't stop witnessing, but just try to find a way to get her when she's not, you know, It's hard. It's not easy, friends. And in case you, you know, think I'm not uncompassionate, I just want to ask you. We pick up his desires, his nature, his ways, his words, his works, his name, okay, his eyes, his ways, his, his um, character. He desires for us only when we give him our heart. All right, then, then he gives us his heart. So the question is today, does the Father have your heart? It's made up of your will, your mind, and your affections, your emotions. Okay, your will, okay, as a made-up mind, your choices, your decisions. You know, love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. And that's why I said when I first got married to Melissa, I said, I do. I was only 18, just turned 20. I just turned 20, I think, three days before uh, uh Three days after my 18th, uh, 20th birthday, I got married. It was October 22nd, 1982. I was only saved a year. I didn't know how to be a godly man yet, or a godly husband for that matter. I've been married not two seconds. I do. I'm married. Listen, friends, you don't know how to be a husband two seconds after you say, I do. And the bells stop ringing, and the party's over, and the marriage is over, and the de decorations are down, and the food is gone, reception, and you go home. And you're like, oh, my. Where's the manual 
and, and I, I, I found it. I found the manual. Problem is, problem is, we leave it in the glove compartment. I got a new car. Melissa said, honey, read the manual. I said, I refuse. I'm against reading manuals. I know this car. Me and the car are one. I don't need no manual telling me how to be driving this car. I've been driving, and I don't need no manual. Yesterday, we went out of town. I said, honey, I didn't read the manual. What? What? How does this work? <laughs> God, help me. I should have read the manual. I should have read it, but I didn't. But honestly, we have this idea that you can know how to be a man, a husband, and a father. When it comes to parenting, there's no manual either. When it comes to being a Christian, there is a manual. So it depends on who has your heart, really, and um, does the Father have your heart. Matthew 5, 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart for what? They shall see God. You want to see God? Give him your heart. Be pure in your heart. Not perfection. God's not asking for perfection. He's asking for purity. Big difference. Big difference. That's why I read the verse. It said, for as many as received him, to them gave he power. He gives you power to become the sons and daughters of God. When you give him your heart, he will empower you, enrich you, right? He will help you. That's, that's the message today. Give God your heart. It's not outward. God does not look at the outward. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the. So you can discover who he is. As we open up this series, it matters who you give your heart to. Your heart has the potential to lead you toward God's ways and will or away from God's will depending on who has your heart. Proverbs says, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. All the issues of life. In fact, in our favor series, do you remember how many times we said the heart? Generosity is connected to the heart. Your words are connected to the heart. Remember that? Oh, just five lessons, and we had every one of them connected to the heart. Wowzer. So it depends on what's in your heart, and whatever is in your heart will come out of your heart. And this is why you can't motivate people to live right by arguing or enforcing rules or laws of religion. It's about a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. We love God because he first loved us. Amen? And he demonstrated his love to us, Romans 5.8, right after 5.5. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It wasn't when I got good enough. It wasn't when I read the manual, now I'm a man of God. Now I'm a good father. Now I'm a good husband. Right? No, no. By faith in him, he helps me to be because I have his heart. I see what he sees. And Jesus preached love. We'll get into it in the series. I can't hardly wait. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So the third thing is that not only do we know that God gave us love, demonstrated his love, that while we were yet Jesus, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But Jesus preached love, and then we are to be an extension of that love. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then your neighbor as yourself. So the Jewish way, when I went to Israel, friend, it was so overwhelming to me, eye-opening, a revelation to Melissa and I, that the inner man is the most important person there is. Your comfort and convenience does not really matter. Your outward circumstances should not affect what's going on on the inside. If Jesus is on the inside, working on the outside, there should be a change in your life. Right? And so I got over there, and, and they said, the Jewish way, said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Or, or the Lord our God is one God. That's what they would quote three times a day. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So basically, their idea was Oriental Eastern way, not the American Western way. Listen to this. If you love God, it will be demonstrated by loving your neighbor. What? Here's what I thought. Took me a whole lot of time to learn this, and you get it for free today. I thought, because I'm a Western American, mind, God help me. Not my fault I was born here. But I thought maybe if I love God, it'll help me love my neighbor. I demonstrate my love to God, and then, you know, my neighbor. No, God said, nope, 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 nope. Backwards. God has an inverted program that we need to get a hold of. 
take this world and flip it upside down and you're closer to God. This world's ba- backwards. You understand? He said, if you love your neighbor, that's how you. They shall know you are Christians. How? See that? I will know that you love God by the way you love your neighbor. That's a little bit, takes me back a little bit. See that? I, I just don't, I, wow. Well, I don't know about my neighbor. If you had a neighbor like mine, you would understand. I want to move. I want to move. I don't, I don't move. You have to live this. You, you, you can't love. You can't love anybody without the love that God gives you. It's agape love or no love at all. Paul said it this way, and we'll get into 1 Corinthians 13 in one of our lessons. If you give your body to be burned and all your money to feed the poor, and you don't have love, zilcho, zip, zero, nada, capiche, whatever that is. So love your neighbor as yourself. Love is a matter of your heart. You can't love without God. So, so as you give your heart to God, he shows you the way. He, he unfolds his plan for your life personally. He gives peace and contentment in life. He expects you to share the same unconditional love to others. So why is it so hard, Pastor? you got five minutes to tell me why it's so hard. Because as God demonstrated love, Satan distracted love. He, he frustrated love. He deceived, he tricked, he manipulated. He replaced genuine love with fleshy love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Compromise, carnal love, selfish love, imitation love, fake love, artificial love. Are you hearing me? The problem with many believers today is they have no theology of their enemy. You don't even know who your enemy is. You don't know who the enemy is. He wants your heart too. The problem is, if God is the only one of my heart, I'll give God my heart and away we go, live happily ever after. But Satan wants your heart too. And he's working tirelessly. There is a war going on for your heart. For your children's heart, for your grandchildren's heart, for the heart of the church. There's a war going on. Satan's not happy. Right? And so today... We need to know. Satan has declared war on your heart. He's fighting for your heart too. He wants it. The world wants your heart. The flesh wants your heart. But you need to know Jesus, the one who bought you, wants to buy you back. Amen? And he's asking for your heart. Satan is planting lies and deceit and fear and evil in your heart. The devil wants your heart full of hate, not love. The devil wants your heart to be filled with selfishness, not sacrifice. And so the world fills your heart for lust for things, short-term pleasures, and superficial relationships. But God's calling for your heart. Give your heart to Jesus. And then watch the actions part. It's pretty significant, and here's the bottom line. Chrissy, y'all can come back because we're going to take communion and go home. I preached too long, but it's the first series, first lesson. Here's the, uh, here's the clincher. The choice is yours. That's the deal about it. He makes a request, gives you the prerequisite, the requirement. Give me heart and I will change your life. I will exchange it. I will inspire it. I will, I will empower it. I, I will do all of this for you. Sin's going to set traps and tricks. Satan's going to deceive and trick your heart into believing this and that. It's a lie. The choice is yours. Give your heart to God or you can leave it to sin and Satan. You have two choices today. You're in the valley of decision. You give your heart to God or give it to the world or the flesh or Satan or whatever. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? The Super Bowl commercial last week, it, it bothered me. It showed this all of us or something campaign and, and everybody's washing everybody's feet. You remember that? Anybody see that? I want you to see something here. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. All right, you got that? He washed the disciples' feet. Then he told the disciples, hey, what you've seen me do, do to each other. That's the command. I command you, love one another, wash each other's feet. 
But the idea today is inclusivity. All inclusive. You wash that feet, wash that feet. Because why? Why? We included them all in the kingdom. You better know your Bible, people. You love your enemies and love the sinner. You wash the saints' feet. Same thing in communion. Same thing. Is anybody hearing me? And they're trying to get our generation to believe that everybody's okay. Everybody's okay. You're just as much as a Christian as it is. The priest was washing the gay person's feet. Everybody, everybody's good. Everybody's good. I wash your feet. Jesus loves us all. How many know the truth is Jesus loves us all? But he loves us too much to leave us in sin. He would not endorse that kind of thing. That's left for the church. This is what the church does. The church loves the lost. Loves the lost. Watch this. The lady with the alabaster box. Remember her? She was a sinner. When she came in the room, Jesus didn't wash her feet. She washed Jesus' feet. And in doing so, she gave him her heart. She washed his feet with her hair and her tears. She gave Jesus, through repentance, her complete heart. I mean, oh, that's how it's done. There's no cheap grace. There's no everybody's in. If everybody's in, nobody's in. Oh, listen to me. It's getting under my fifth rib here, folks. If everybody's going to heaven, what in the world are we doing here? Your preacher's bold enough to stand and tell you, don't let all of these little deceitful commercials and little, little ways that they're slipping it in under the name of compassion dupe you and put you to sleep. Read your Bible. Read the Bible. Pastor, that's pretty harsh. I don't make up the rules. In fact, I can't even enforce the rules. But for God's sake, we're not going to believe the lies of the enemy. I'm not going to believe the lies of the enemy. If somebody came into there today, to here today, confused, I would love them. I would hug them. I would sit them right next to me on the front pew. Say, you're welcome here. Every sinner on the planet. I don't care what you did or what you think you did. It's not savable. How I many know anything's savable? Everybody's savable. But there's a requirement. It's not going to, you can't negate the requirement, people. Open the gate and just let everybody, everybody's a Christian. Sorry. There is a prerequisite. Unless the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is applied to the door of your heart, you're not getting in. I'm going to say it a little bit more. I feel like i got to preach it because it's kind of quiet in here. I feel the preacher coming on me. In the Old Testament, they had Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. Remember that? Every bit of room on the ark, God gave Noah to build a big boat, a big boat. I believe personally, a boat big enough to save every lost person on the planet. But the prerequisite is, you only can be saved if you get on the boat. You don't get on the boat. If you don't get on the boat, honey, you ain't going to make it. It's not no compassion. I'm, I'm not trying to give you, you know, exclusive. I'm not trying to be exclusive. I'm just telling you there's a prerequisite. Noah and his family got on the boat, and who got saved? Only eight people got saved. The whole world could have got saved, but only eight people got saved. Why? Because only eight people got on the boat. Sodom and Gomorrah. Hey, hey, Lot, you and anybody you think loves me, you grab them and get on out of town because I'm about to annihilate this place. Oh, pastor, what kind of a God would do that? A God of love, a God who loves, who gives every chance. Listen, judgment never comes without grace first being offered. Don't believe the lies of this culture. Judgment never comes to a nation or a people without first opportunity being given. Warning, 
120 years, Noah preached. My goodness, grandfather was 969 years old before God sent the flood. How many, how many years do you want somebody to live? He's the oldest man that ever lived. If that's not grace, if that's not love, there is none. God loves sinners. Of such was I. So don't take me wrong. Is everybody okay this morning? Wave at me. Say, yeah, I understand. I think I understand, Pastor. Let's walk out of here and say, Pastor's, man, he's just so close-minded. Well, broad is the way of destruction and narrow is the way. So there's only one condition. Get on the ark. I'm sick and tired of people saying anything goes. Eat, drink, and be merry. For there are no rules, no law, no moral code, no moral compass, no Bible, no one, no one lost anymore. There's nobody in there. There's no cost for discipleship. There's no cost for discipleship. Come in here, say a little prayer, and you're good. Go out, smoke, drink, carouse, carry on, cuss, commit adultery, fornication. Whatever you want to do, you're going to heaven too, honey. Why the Pope said even the atheists are going to heaven. Really? I'm not sure I want to go now. What's heaven then? Filled with atheists? I love Buddhists. I love Hindus. I love Islamic people. I love the Jew. I love the lost American and the lost Thai person. But they have to come to Jesus. Just like Ronnie Moran. The old rugged cross. I said, I'm thankful for the cross. If you get rid of the blood and you get rid of the cross, you have nothing. There is no, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. You got to give him your heart. You got to give him your heart. You got to give him your heart. Joshua got it. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house. Come on, let me see your hand. In fact, stand up all over the building if you say, for me and my house, Pastor. None of this makes sense if you don't know the truth. If you don't realize that at the cross, fallen man and the eternal God met over the battle for your heart. If you don't realize that, then you, you don't know your Bible. If you would attend church more than once a month, you might not have to go to Bible school. Satan seduced man in the garden. Man fell into the clutches of sin and in so doing committed adultery on his God. Breached a covenant marriage between God and the one he loved. And sin took you away. But Father God is asking you this morning, my son, my daughter, give me your heart. Give it to me and I will bless you. Give it to me and I will set you up. When Adam fell, all men fail, regardless of color and race and culture or creed. We all trace back to Adam. And when Jesus died on the cross by one blood, God gave all men hope to be saved again. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. That's why it's ridiculous for you to turn your nose at somebody else's sin. But by the grace of God, you and I would still be in bondage. Pastor's not trying to turn my nose up at people who are in bondage. I was too a sinner. I said I too was a sinner. And some people today say, oh, I'm still a sinner. Well, honey, you got to make up your mind. You're either a sinner or a saint. You can't be both. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Okay, I've, I've, I got that. So are you a sinner or are you a saint? You mean you're going to slide into heaven and wait on the umpire God himself saying, How many believe you can know that you know that you know that you're saved? How many believe God has saving power and keeping power? If you give him your heart today, he will help you. You hear me today. Your heart apart from God is evil. You have the potential, the propensity to digress lower than you can ever even imagine. That's why it's ridiculous to, to look your nose up at somebody else's sin. By the grace of God, you'd be just as like, likely. Love your enemy. Wash your brother's feet. Love your enemy. 
wash your brother's feet. Are you hearing that? So you would be shocked to know the potential in your heart. Some of you already discovered it, trying to cover it up. But that's why we do communion. I want our ushers to come and help us. You might be seated again. I just got excited there for a minute. Uh, we're going to take communion. If you have to go, I understand. But there's something very special. Come help us, Pastor, if you don't mind. And then after, uh, after they serve, uh, then you can help me. There's something special about communion. There's very something special about communion. Pastor, what does God want from you? He wants your heart. The seat of your emotions. He wants your will. He wants your whole being. He wants your mind. You say, I can't have the mind of God. I don't know. Romans 8 says, but you can have the mind of God through the Spirit of God. Thank you, my brother. And I think it's Philippians. I think it says... Uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You can have the mind of Christ. If you have the heart of Christ, God can reveal to you his love. Paul said, I can't comprehend it. I know it's hard to comprehend how high, how wide, how deep is the love of God. It's, it's more than I can imagine. I, I want to tell you something, Oak Grove. I love you. <laughs> Cheap words people throw around every day. But if Melissa and I didn't love you, we wouldn't have hung out here for 22 years. If I didn't love Melissa, I didn't decide to stay faithful to Melissa last week. I made a commitment to this lady 40 years ago. I willed it because love is not an emotion. It's an act of my will. I said, that's mine. She's mine. I'm hers. That's it. That's the kind of commitment God wants. Give me your heart. Will it? And then, and then there's the affection part, the emotional part. Yes. He wants you to desire Him, praise Him, love Him. There is, there is the loyalty part, the trust issue, right? So powerful. He don't want anybody else. It's in the Ten Commandments. Love the Lord God and, and nobody else. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. Devotion. God expects loyal service, not lip service. It's easy. Talk is cheap. Now today there's trial marriages. Trial marriage. I don't want to get, I don't want to buy the car. Can I just take the car for a week and try it out? Try it out. Let me try it out. How many know you can't try out the covenant? You make the covenant by faith and join the rest of us who are making it. Well, what if I don't like something they did? Should have should have thought about that. Let me tell you, if you've been married, if you've been married more than 30 minutes, you will find something they do that you don't like. That's probably too long. 30 minutes is way too long. 30 seconds. Honeymoon doesn't last forever, but the first love experience needs to. The first love, the first love has to go on forever. Give me your heart like the day you first got saved. That's why you need to hear God's plea this morning. My son, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Trust me. Give it to God and he will help you. Guard it. Guide it. Grace it. Whatever condition your heart's in, give it to God today. Uh, uh, before we take communion, Pastor, I want you to come stand here. Pastor Brent's going to help me pray in, in just a minute. But maybe today, come on, it's, oh, wow, 15 minutes. I preached 15 minutes longer than I should have. But you don't need to worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. It's all good. Y'all didn't leave. Y'all didn't leave. You had a chance. I warned you. Here's the deal. You might have a wounded heart this morning. And when your heart is wounded, you can't see clearly. And you, and you kind of tuck it away. You don't want nobody. You don't want to give your heart anyway, any way. Somebody hurt you. Somebody wounded you. You have a broken heart. Well, that's the kind of heart that God wants. That's why the lady with the alabaster box, that's why Jesus loved her. 
he led her. He led her in, and, and, the, and the religious crowd got mad. They got mad. You see that? But now it's flipped. Now it's all flipped. And so he'll take your wounded heart. He's a friend of the wounded heart, it says. Give it to Jesus. He will never betray you. He'll protect you from desiring evil, from storms, from the battles, from the hurt. Cold heart he will warm. An empty heart he will feel. An unbelieving heart he will heal uh, and give faith to. A divided heart, unclean heart, angry heart, doubting heart, resentful heart, proud heart. It's all his to claim. Because he created you. And he bought you back. And today... This is a remembrance of the price he paid for our salvation. So I'm going to ask Pastor Brist, uh, Brent to pray over the elements, and we'll partake together. Hallelujah. Father, we just take the bread of your body this morning. Father, broken for us. You said do this in remembrance of you, Father. We thank you for the holy reminders that you've given us today. Such love, such wondrous love. Such love, such wondrous love, Lord. Over those that are brokenhearted today, your body was broken. Thank you for a wholeness. Thank you for healing today. Father, there's healing in the house. You're at your table, Lord God. You call us to your table today. You call us to your table of saving love, saving faith, faith saving wholeness, saving healing. Heal us today, Lord. Restore our minds and our bodies and our spirits to love you even more than we ever thought we could. A fresh baptism of your love across this room today. Father, we take right now the body, the living body of our living Savior, healer, deliverer, and soon coming King. Right now, let's partake. wholeness right now. Thank you for a wholeness that's coming. A wholeness that has been bought and purchased by you for us today. Thank you, Lord. Release your healing and wholeness through your brokenness for us, your great love for us. And we take the cup today, Lord God. Take the cup today. Blood, the 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 blood. We claim the blood of Jesus for cleansing, wholeness, and healing today, Lord. It's the blood of Jesus. Is it the blood of Jesus? Something wonderful. And it is today, Lord. We take the cup now. 